1: another incredible week of Everyday Innovator Interviews. I hope you listen to as many as you possible can. There are so many good nuggets of wisdom in each of these people and the interviews. And I'm so honored that they're willing to share their brilliance with us, with the world. And I just wanna remind all of us that these are not people who are hawking books or getting paid to speak on stage most of the time, maybe here and there, but mostly not. They're just people like you and me who are out there innovating, thinking differently and shaking it up. And they uh, pulled back the curtain, opened up and shared with us how they're doing it so that we can do more of it too. So do me a favor, show the guests some love, go on to iTunes and leave us a review. It's so simple. Either do it on your desktop on iTunes, or if you do the podcast app, I think if you just go to our show and then scroll down past the episodes, it'll have reviews and you can leave one. Give them some love. They, these are not people who get paid to speak for a living. They just are incredible people like you and the other listeners out there. And they've been willing to share their brilliance with us. In fact, pause it right now before I keep going, pause, go ahead, leave a review. They will be thankful for it. It's like giving them a hint of validation. We all need a little bit of that in our world. All right. On to another incredible Friday What I'm going to do in this episode is number one, I'm going to talk about something called the 2 to 98% rule. I want to share a little bit about that with you and share about our upcoming challenge. And then I want to dig into each of these everyday innovator interviews that were so amazing, our very diverse set of people that we had on, their type of innovator styles, and the thing that really spoke to me during the interview, the kind of aha moment that I had. All right, are you ready to dig in? Let's do this. All right, let's start with the 2% 98% rule. I want you to think of this. In fact, let's use an analogy for a moment. Let's say you get up in the morning and you go and you turn on your Peloton or your YouTube or whatever app, or you go to the gym, whatever it is, and you spend 30 minutes moving. Maybe you go for a walk around the block, walk your dog. Maybe you do some push-ups in the kitchen before while your coffee's brewing, whatever it is that little 2% of your day where you got your metabolism going has an impact on the other 98% of your day. Your metabolism is revved up for the rest of the day. Research has shown that if you exercise in the morning for just a little bit, right, you get your blood flowing, you get your heart pumping, you maybe sweat a little bit. When we do that, we actually burn more calories for the rest of the day. So it's like a double benefit. Not only do you get the benefit of the workout moment, but you get the benefit throughout the day. Now, go with me for a second here because this is not a health and fitness podcast, but you'll see my point in a minute. All it takes is investing 2% of your time in the morning to have a stronger metabolism all day long. The same applies for your innovative mind. If you just invest 2% of your morning, Your innovation metabolism will be up all day long. Well, what does that mean? That means you get off the hamster wheel. That means you perform at your peak. That means you work smarter, not harder. That means you have stronger, creative problem solving all day long. You see more solutions and more opportunities just by investing 2% in yourself. Why wouldn't you do that? Why wouldn't you invest 2% to make the other 98% that much more incredible? So here's what we have coming up. And it starts on April 11th. And this is the 2% that I want you to invest in yourself in. On April 11th, we're starting our five-day innovation challenge. Five days, five minutes a day, a wealth of innovative ideas. We're going to up your innovation metabolism 2% to make the 98% more incredible. I want you to go to our website. The link is in the show notes, but also just go to our website. Any of those links on our website, and you'll see it at the very top of the page on the Announcement bar. Here's the thing when we spend just a little bit of time in the morning intentionally being innovative, the rest of the day is more innovative. The rest of the day, we get to approach with that new lens, that new perspective. We have more ideas, more solutions, more opportunities. We collaborate better. As I said, we work smarter. 2%, that's it. That's all it takes is 2% to make the other 98% that much more incredible. That 2%, 98% rule applies across everything. It is for our physical body. It is for our mental body. It is for our well being. Those of you who meditate know a couple minutes of meditation can make a difference across your entire day. Go to our website. Join the Innovation Challenge. April 11th is the next one. We have so many people from across the globe starting. I cannot wait. I'm so excited for this. I'm going to take you through a series of disruptive questions to get you to innovative answers. Questions in is answers out. And one of the challenge a lot of us face is we're asking the same questions and then frustrated because we're not getting the different answers, the innovative answers that we need. 2%, invest 2% in yourself for 98% return. How incredible is that? That's the 2% 98% rule, which by the way, just on a grander scale, if there's anything you need to do where you need to invest in your own self in any way, I want you to think of it that way. In the moment where you're suffering a little bit, I just want you to think this 2% is going to pay off in my other 98%. Now, there's no suffering in the innovation challenge. It's actually quite fun. But I think this rule applies across everything that we do. 2%, 98%. All right, let's dig into this week's podcast because they were all incredible. So let me just recap for a second. On Monday, we had Kevin Allen, who has a long, illustrious career in advertising. And actually, back in the, I think it was late 80s, early 90s, was the one of the creators behind the MasterCard Priceless ad, which, if you haven't seen it at the time, was absolutely game-changing. And Kevin is a fluid imaginative. Then on Tuesday, we had Dana Wild, who made millions of dollars in direct marketing, which a lot of people get into, but not a lot of people succeed. And she really figured out the abundance mindset that helped her do this. And Dana is an instinctual risk taker. And then on Wednesday, we had Kyle Murray, who's the vice dean of Alberta School of Business and also a professor of marketing. And he is a tweaker and in inquisitive. And then we had Merritt Khan, who is a sales coach and consultant, an incredible career in sales. And she's an instinctual collaborative. Let me dig in to the incredible aha that I had with each of them. And I do every time. What an amazing job I have. I just, I get to pull brilliance out of people every day. Like that to me is, it's like a mic drop for me. I love it. So let me talk about kind of my one big takeaway from each of them and what I did or what I thought about differently. Sometimes what I implemented or tried, because, you know, my life is an experiment that I hope you learn from And I want to share these with you just as a reminder, because it's not really about me, it it is actually about you. And I want you to be thinking about, oh, which podcast should I go back and listen to? Because I'm gonna get so much value out of that. Or, oh, that's going to help me think differently or me take a different action in my world. All right, with that, are you ready for it? So much goodness to dig into. Here we go. So Monday, like I said, was Kevin Allen, who long advertising career now. Kevin is a fluid imaginative. So fluid is all about turning ambiguity into innovation. So while a lot of us can thrive in ambiguity or frankly have been forced to deal in ambiguity in the last couple of years, fluids actually take that mess And turn it into innovation. I like to think of them as like canoeing in the fog. Like that's where they thrive. While the rest of us are a little bit panicked about, like, I can't see anything. There's too much going on. I have no idea what's around the corner. The fluids are like, yes, let me pull out that rock over there and that stream over there and let me turn that into innovation. And then the imaginative side about about Kevin is innovation in the gaps. It's all about playing where information doesn't exist. It's all about that kind of fresh perspective, that novel, like they love new and in fact for them, oftentimes less is more. So Kevin is fluid imaginative and the magic in that combination is he brings concise novel innovation to the table. So valuable. As I said, Kevin has had a long illustrious career in advertising. Well, what I loved about our conversation is Kevin really, and I think part of what really made him so successful in leading his teams to create all this breakthrough advertising work, which by the way, it's actually very hard to have breakthrough advertising. Think about the number of ad- ads you see in any given day, whether that's on TikTok, TV, Instagram, while you're driving in a billboard, think about what it takes to actually catch your attention and to actually break through the noise and the clutter and not just go into the background. It's actually really hard. And one of the things his whole focus was about that I think, like I said, led to the success. So he talked about emotional leadership, meaning really being an empathetic, emotional, a human at work and not a robot and really, really um, tapping into those emotional connections with people, really understanding the people on your team and what they're about and what motivates them. The thing that really stood out to me, though, in this was, he talked about how he'd like, you know, go visit the different offices across the globe at his advertising agency where he worked. And people would be panicked, right? Oh, my God, the big boss is coming. I gotta, I gotta show my presentation. I gotta give him my work. I gotta come up with something game changing. My tagline better be clever. My, my creative better be amazing. And he kept saying to people like, you know what, this is advertising. Nobody's gonna die. Like we're not brain surgeons here. Like, take the stress out of it and let's just innovate and create and like be good at our jobs. And that little phrase of his, nobody's going to die. People used to put on their desks because it was such a great reminder of like, take a breath and do your work. Nobody's going to die. It's okay. And I love that lesson and that it stuck with me. In fact, I wrote nobody's going to die down and not because that phrase necessarily actually speaks to me directly. And it may or may not to you, But it was just such a great reminder to me of like, God, Tamara, you know, you only get one life, and you know, you do innovation, and I love what I do, and my work has an impact. But I'm not a surgeon, and it's okay if I make a mistake, it's okay if things don't go as planned. It is great if I put myself out there and it works or it doesn't work. It's okay. And just such a great reminder to not take myself too seriously. And I will tell you, ever since that interview, I felt like I've slept a little bit better. No joke. I'm not kidding here. I had a little more ease in my life. And I just, I came to the table with a little more empathy and understanding and a little less pressure on myself and those around me. Now, don't get me wrong. I am all about pressure and I'm all about, I innovate in the pressure. I'm a risk taker experiential, so I'm all about it. But a little bit of ease goes a long way. So I just, I hope you'll take the message that I took out of Kevin's interview, which was like take a deep breath. It's okay. Nobody's going to die. Like, it's all good. What you do really matters. And it's important. But unless you're really like a brain surgeon out there, and maybe you are, it's okay. If you make a mistake, it's okay. If something doesn't go right, it's okay to not have all the answers. Like, it's okay. No need to take it too seriously. So thanks for that, Kevin, because I gotta tell you after that, I've, I think I've had just a little bit more ease. I think my team would tell you that like, I'm not as stressed out as I normally am. And I actually slept a little bit better after these interviews. So thank you for that. It's okay.
0: You're listening to conversations with everyday innovators on with Tamara Gondor podcast. Let's take a moment to thank our generous partners that make this possible.
1: I want to take a moment to talk about my friends at Howdy Puppy. Dogs experience all the same problems as humans when it comes to joint pain, anxiety, digestion, and arthritis. A great way to help our four-legged family members with these ailments is with CBD-infused pet treats. Who doesn't like treats? As you longtime listeners know, my Mastiff, Zoe, is part of my family, but is getting older and has some anxiety issues when strangers come around. Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats has totally changed her disposition, and I know she feels like her young, energetic, confident self when she gets Howdy Puppy CBD Dog Treats. There are many CBD-infused dog treats on the market, but the truth is that many of them are overpriced and ineffective. We've looked at dozens of CBD dog treats and found most of them disappointing. Howdy Puppy is among the best brands in the CBD pet business. They deliver consistent quality, and their treats look and taste amazing, according to our dogs, of course. The company makes CBD dog treats in three flavors. Steak, bacon, and cheese rolls. All of Howdy Puppy's CBD treats contain natural ingredients, including high quality full spectrum hemp oil, all sourced and made in the USA. Full disclosure I am an investor in Howdy Puppy. But before I put my name on the company, I had an independent lab in Denver, Colorado, verify the quality and consistency of their treats. They are truly as advertised. Go online today at howdypuppy.com, link will also be in the show notes, and use promo code TAMARA, T-A-M-A-R-A, that's me, to get 20% off the absolute best CBD dog treats on the market. You will not be disappointed. Howdypuppy.com, promo code TAMARA. Don't let them suffer needlessly. Let them enjoy life too. Next up is Dana Wild, who made millions of dollars as a direct marketer. So direct marketer is things like uh, Monat um, or the what's the what's it called? The uh, jewelry where you have those home parties. I can't remember, but you know what I'm talking about. Direct marketing is one of those things where a lot of people get into it, but not a lot of people make a lot of money. But Dana did. And she realized that through mindset work that she did. Now, Dana is an instinctual risk taker. So a little bit not surprising given she's all about that kind of mindset stuff. So the instinctual is all about a more circuitous thought pattern. So while most of us are logical, A to B to C to D, instinctuals are very A to B to X over to Y back to X over to L and back. Because of that, they tend to connect dots in new and meaningful ways. They see insights and patterns and how things connect that the rest of us see as random. And then the risk taker side is all about leaping in the uncomfortable, innovating under that pressure that I was talking about, right? Uh, Risk takers tend to push the boundaries because while others are stuck at the ledge, they love to leap and figure it out as they go. They're not afraid to take those risks. In fact, because those places of risk is where they innovate best. Now, because of that, the magic in this combination of instinctual risk taker means that Dana brings brings connective, bold innovation to the table. So powerful. Now, Dana and I had a whole conversation about this exercise that she has people do on her team and, and now people that she coaches called the Peacock Feather. And here's the deal. Here's the short of it. If you haven't listened to the interview, go back and listen to the whole thing because it's so good. But one of her exercises is like pick something. Something maybe not that you know you see every day, but that, you know, that you would see like a, a red rose, right? And for 72 hours, look for red roses everywhere and you will see them. And And the point of this exercise is to activate and notice your reticular activating system, the RAS, which I describe as a brick wall. And the point of this brick wall is to only let in things you already confirm or know to be true and to push out or ignore anything that doesn't match pre existing beliefs. So when it's kind of like when you decide, Oh, I'm going to get a Ford F 150 gray, and suddenly you see Ford F 150 gray everywhere, where before you never saw them on the road, right? That's kind of what this brick wall does. So Dana does this exercise with people, because she wants you to see how powerful it is, because what you focus on, right is what you attract. So I did the exercise, and I decided that I was going to pick a peacock feather, that was going to be the thing I was going to look for. Now, here's the thing I need to own up to all of you. I picked the peacock feather because I didn't think I would see it. I wanted to prove myself and Dana, I guess on the subconscious level, sorry, Dana, wrong. Because that's gonna be a hard one to see, right? So for two days, I walked, like I'd go to my local coffee shop. I live in a kind of urban, I live in Denver, so I can walk to a lot of places. So like I walked to my coffee shop, I walked to dinner, I walked to pick up my kids at school, no peacock feathers. And I was like, see, told you. But then I'm talking to Dana and she goes, did you pick something you knew you wouldn't see? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. And she goes, there's a great lesson in there. You make things harder than they need to be. Why wouldn't you pick something that you have a chance of seeing and going for that? And it kind of blew my mind because it it made me realize, this is my big aha from this, is I make things harder on myself than they need to be. I will set myself up for failure because I will make it hard or something that's not, you're not able to accomplish or like, I will go into it like this is not going to work. And it's so funny because on one hand, I'm such an optimist and I'm so positive. I mean, I built my own business. Like you have to believe in yourself and what's possible and you have to go after things that way. You know, on the other hand, there's a lot of places in my life, I guess, where I just make things harder. And the peacock feather was a great example of that. And what Dana was saying was like, That there's a lesson in there for you about how you choose the hard path versus the easy path. How many of us do that? How many of us set ourselves up to fail or choose the hard path? Because that's where ingrained to believe it has to be when it doesn't. And here are all these other people. And she was talking about how like, you know, maybe they picked a rose or maybe they picked a, a turtle or whatever. Oh, I have a thing about turtles. But like they pick something with the expectation of making it happen. And my peacock feather, I picked it with the expectation of not making it happen. So I went back and I did the exercise again. And this time I said, I'm going to see turtles. Now I live in Denver. I don't live on water. Like I I live in a concrete jungle, really. So where am I going to see a turtle? But I was like, but I went in with the belief of like, this is going to happen for me. I'm going to see turtles. And sure enough, I'm walking my dog one night in the neighborhood. And there's this house with this little wood sculpture in their garden of guess what? Yeah, a turtle. I was like, Oh my god, this works. So I want to thank Dana for that. Because the mindset I've been going into with things after that interview is, it works. It's gonna work. I'm going to make it happen. I'm going to figure out a way to make it happen. And when I do, the solutions, and the possibilities are endless. When you do, you'll find the same thing. I go back to this interview, and then go do some of the exercises she talks about. I think it'll blow your mind a little bit. And you know the whole reason this is important is because, as I said in a moment ago, is what you focus on is what you see, and what you see is what you attract. So if you see, if you're focusing on how things are hard, you're only going to see how things are hard, and then you're going to attract hardship. If You focus on things come to you, and that's what you're going to focus on. And here's what I found. Even in the hard times, the solutions present themselves to me because I'm looking for them. So thank you for that, Dana. The peacock feather, totally, oh my gosh. And then what's so funny about that, by the way, is a month later, someone gave me a mug with a peacock on it, which I love so much. I'm drinking out of it right now. Isn't that funny? I felt like that was the universe giving me a little hint, hint. All right, so then on Wednesday, we had Kyle Murray, who's that vice dean of Alberta School of Business and a marketing professor. And this podcast is super interesting because he went in, he did a whole deep dive into why Crystal Pepsi failed now for those of you not old enough crystal pepsi was a clear pepsi that pepsi launched in the i think it was early 90s and they just it bombed right clear soda and he had some really interesting insights around why. Before I share them with you, let me tell you the type of innovator he is, which kind of makes sense why he dug into this. Kyle is a tweaker instinctual. So the tweaker is all about editing, adjusting, innovations, in that one little tweak that's going to make all the difference, right? Those small adjustments. For tweakers, it's never about success or failure. It's all about like just that one little thing if I just do that, right? And so they're really good at improving, moving things forward, especially when they get stuck. The inquisitive side is all about digging asking questions challenging assumptions pulling back the layers why is it this way how come it has to be this way inquisitives for inquisitives innovations in the questions not the answers and so they tend to dig and dig and dig and because of that right they uncover new opportunities that weren't unearthed before so that combination of tweak or inquisitive the magic in that is they bring optimized deep innovation to the table So it's no surprise that Kyle has this desire to write like, dig, why did this happen? Why did this work? Why did this not work? Well, when we dug into Crystal Pepsi, and I'll let you go back and listen to all his insights are incredible. One big thing out of it that he said is never assume that the customer understands why you did that innovation. Like never assume that the idea makes sense to other people. That's kind of how I interpret that. Basically, when Crystal Pepsi came out, there was a reason they made it clear and a a benefit to it, but they didn't relay that to the market. They just assumed the market understood that, and they didn't, and it failed. And that's one of the big reasons, he says, for it. So it got me thinking about how sometimes with ideas, we assume the idea is going to sell itself and that the benefit of it or the reason we innovated or made a change is obvious to the people on the other side of the table, but it's not it's only obvious to us. And so whether those people are your team, your leadership, your customer, the marketplace, whatever it is, what a great reminder that we really need to spend the time to explain why we did what we did. Now, here's the thing that I realized. uh, I'm really good at the language of innovation and getting people on board with my ideas and sense of bringing them along for the journey, not feeling like my I'm pushing my brilliance onto them. I'm really good at recognizing the everyday everyday innovator styles in the room, the different styles, and then speaking to what motivates the different styles and unlocking that innovation inside people. It's what I do for a living, of course. But sometimes I think I don't go into the why as much behind it because I think I'm explaining it in other ways, A and B. I don't want to be insulting. Like what if it's obvious? What if they get it and I'm over here like explaining every detail of the why? But the why really matters, doesn't it? And Kyle's interview really got me thinking about the why. And so right after his interview, I actually had a new business pitch, for lack of a better way to say it, where I I was pitching um, basically our everyday innovator method to a company. So it was they were going to have their team buy a whole thing of IQEs, the assessment, everybody gets on board, and then we give them a toolbox that they go through, like a, a program to unlock innovation. And so I'm super excited about it. I love it. And I made some adjustments based on our last conversation. And so I'm here and I'm pitching. And for the first time, I added in a slide that said why. Like, why did we make the changes we made after our last conversation? Why did we set up the the program to be this way? Why is the sequence this way? Like, just a lot of why. And normally, I would have maybe like subtly peppered that in or maybe even left it out. I don't know. And this time I just thought about what Kyle said of like, don't assume that people get it. And so I didn't assume. And I went into the why and I got to tell you, it was the deepest richest conversation I've ever had. Now we do it every time with clients. So thanks for that Kyle, because our close rate shot up. It was already great to begin with. And now it's even better because we explained the why behind it. Why? So I love what Kyle said. And I, I thought it was so powerful about don't assume and, don't assume that people understand why you're doing what you're doing. Don't assume they understand why that change is a good one or why that idea is a good one. we got to bring people along for the journey in that way, too. And part of the reason I think ideas, and he talks about it in with Crystal Pepsi, but just across the board, regardless of its an internal, external idea, part of the reason they fail is because we don't explain why. And what people don't understand why, they don't connect with it. And you know we get it because from our t- our seat, it makes perfect sense, doesn't it? but it doesn't from their seat. They have a different vantage point than us. So I was super psyched because that conversation when I did that pitch and went deep into the why, it first of all, it opened up a whole new conversation and just, it it really took us to a whole different level of connection with the client and made the work that we did with them even more meaningful. And I think that that is actually the biggest part that came out of it, but obviously we got to the yes as well. So remember, don't assume, it's not insulting explain your why. Your why matters more than your how and your what. All right, last up, but not least is Merit Khan, who's the sales coach she has an incredible career in sales. And she is an instinctual collaborative. So the instinctual, as I said before, is that circuitous thought pattern kind of A to X to L back over to A and maybe throw in a one over here. They're really good, though, at turning information into insights, right? Instinctuals are very gut Driven. So it's like they feel it, they know it, they think from their gut. And that's because the gut is really good at pulling information together quickly. And then they have to back up into the logic. So while most of us might go logic to instinct, they go from instinct to logic. And then the collaborative is all about pulling disparate people and ideas and experiences together to create whole innovation. So collaboratives, I have to think of them as like gathering, 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 and consuming, and then pulling out the nuggets to create an incredible picture. Like it's like puzzle pieces coming together. So instinctual collaborative, the magic in that combination is that someone like Merit brings connective, whole innovation to the table. Now, Merit talked a lot about the power of asking good questions, which I am. Go back and listen to her questions. They are so good, especially in a changing time. She really had some insight around how do you ask questions that help people move forward and not get stuck in the past? But one thing she said that really spoke to me, because I think you all know I'm a little bit of a... Uh, free spirit wrapped up in a type A personality, she talked about how we have to be in a relationship with reality and how so many of us are in denial, especially right now. Believe me, part of me gets it, right? Things are exhausting. They're relentless. They're never-ending. The change is constantly happening. But she was talking about how, like, if you're not in a relationship re- with reality, you simply cannot move forward, period, end of story. And that really spoke to me. And it made me just think about how important that relationship with reality is in moving forward in all parts of our life, and you know whether that is your fitness and really knowing what your body fat percentage, how fit are you? If you did a fit test, um, you know what your weight is, what your inches are, like and actually knowing it. And I think it is. I'm going to stick on this example for a minute. I think it is so easy for us to to try to justify where we are today with excuses, so that we don't have to face reality well, the scale doesn't really matter. It's, you know, it's a pound of fat and a pound of muscle weigh the same, but they look very different. Um, I just, you know, I I was fitter. I just, it's just been a bad week. I mean, we come up with excuses over and over again, don't we? And it, and it's so freaking easy to do that. I will tell you years ago, um, I was seven years ago now when I started doing CrossFit, I first went to a kid's class with my kids like free in the park. It was awesome. And I was like, this isn't so bad. This is fun. I should go join a gym. But the gym I went to rightfully. So made me do a fit test before I came in. So it was like, uh, what was it? Push ups, sit ups, pull ups, which I couldn't do at the time, by the way. So they were, they were like a hundred banded is what they were. But, I'm doing this stuff, right? She's like, it's like, I can't remember what the numbers are. Let's call it 50 sit-ups, 50 push-ups, 50 pull-ups, whatever. See where my fitness is. And Whitney was her name. She's fabulous. And Whitney was giving me my test. She was a gym manager. And at the very end, she starts talking to me about signing up. And I turned to her and I said, look, I'd love to sign up. But right now I'm about to throw up because I'm so out of shape. I got to go. But I promise you, like, here's my credit card. Just do whatever you need to do. But I got to go. I was so out of shape. But I was so confronted with the reality of my lack of fitness in a way that I'd never been before. But finally getting myself into a relationship with reality about my fitness was game-changing for the rest of my life. And I have never gotten back to that place of being as unfit and being in denial about it as I was. Believe me, I was in denial. I was like, I don't know why I eat pretty well, but there I am like hoarding cupcakes in my car between the grocery store and home because if you throw them away before anybody sees you eat them, it doesn't count, right? Like I was in such denial looking back. It's kind of funny upon reflection. But that's the importance about being in a relationship with the reality. And that's true for our sales. It's true for our skills. It's true for our businesses. It's true for our work. It's true for our workload, our family lives, all of it. I'll tell you another a uh, quick personal story. My 17 year old is doing college application. It's not college applications, but we're pursuing college and figuring out so we're about to start taking SATs and ACTs. And he took his first uh, pre SAT just to see how it goes. And it wasn't great, right? We've got a lot of work to do, but he and I both looked at it and went, okay, we've got some work to do, right? This we're new at taking this type of test. Now we know what areas we need to focus on. Let's do it. And he has improved a thousandfold since then. But had we not had a real look at reality of kind of where he was on this test, we wouldn't have been able to improve the way we've improved. I'm so proud of him for the work he's doing. But it's because he was willing to face reality and say, all right, I got to I got to get my head in the game and figure it out. Well, this applies to everything. And you know, Merritt talks about it in the, in the sense of like sales, moving your business forward. And she's absolutely right. You got to we got to look at it, and you know, we got to look at our work and go, what's really moving us forward and what's holding us back? What is keeping us spinning our wheels and what isn't? That relationship with reality might be one of the most important things that you do, particularly right now where things are so insane. I mean, we have the Great re- Resignation, we've got supply shortages, um, we've got AI and technology, we've got COVID. We, I mean, fill in the blank, right? We've got global politics happening and possible war. So, for whatever it is in your world, however that all fits in now's the time to have that real conversation with yourself and really own it. I think you'll be glad you did. We've got to get to a relationship with reality. That's how we move forward. All right. Woo! That was a lot, huh? Hey, don't forget 2% to 98. Go join the innovation challenge. You'll be glad you did. I promise you that. With that, Tamara out.
0: Congratulations. By listening to this podcast, you took another step towards becoming an everyday innovator. To leap forward, visit tolaunchstreet.com and take the Innovation Quotient Edge Assessment to discover your unique everyday innovator style and access the Everyday Innovator Digital Magazine for the top tools, insights, and inspiration at your fingertips 24-7. Tomorrow, we'll be back with another Everyday Innovator conversation Soon. In the meantime, if you got a nugget of value out of this podcast, let Tamara know by leaving a five-star review and comment. Your review equals more guests, more listens, bigger impact. Until next time.